is verses 147, 148, and 149. And as probably all of us know, the, all of these verses in this psalm are in, in this, yes, in this psalm reflect on something about the scriptures and the word of God. And that's definitely what we've been experiencing through this time together these evenings. And I trust the Lord will speak to us tonight again as well. 147, 48, and 49. I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried. I hoped in thy word. Mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. Hear my voice according unto thy loving kindness. O Lord, quicken me according to thy judgment. The picture I get here is um, he's the psalmist is saying, I just don't want the night to end. You know, sometimes we can't wait until the night is over with. But sometimes our thoughts torment us. Sometimes we just, our, our, our thoughts are in turmoil. Uh, and we just hope that the night ends. But the psalmist says here, I don't want the night to end. Because he said, that gives me time to meditate. Uh, verse 147. Um, I didn't want the dawn to come. I just didn't want to, that to happen. I hoped in thy word. He focused on God's, God's word, God's voice speaking to him. And the next verse he says practically the, the same thing. I, I, I just, Lord, just extend the night a little bit more. So I have more time to meditate and just to, just to focus on your word. I, I, that's, that's where his focus was. And then in 149, the, the response of the heart to hearing God's word is that it quickens. Uh, the word of God, as we focus on it, and we allow that. I mean, we just, it's almost like, like we're, we're, well, yes, we are living for that. We just, that's, that's what we, that's our life. And so we continue to focus on that. And then, and then we find life. We find revival. Actually, the word quicken here has the idea of being revived or that life is, is stirred up in us again. And uh, I don't know about you. But in these past evenings, uh, it stirred a number of things in my own heart. And sometimes things were just laid bare. That's the purpose of our being together. And then our response is to allow that to happen. And so that's why we pray for our brother that God would use him by his spirit to open up those things that just quickens us, grabs a hold of us, and gives us life and renewal. And that's the idea there. So I hope that that is your desire tonight, that you will be, as we are enlightened by the Word of God through our brother, that His Spirit will touch our hearts and just renew us again, bring new life there. All right, I'd like for you to stand for prayer. Terry, would you come to the platform here? I'd like for us to prayerfully sing the song together. It's a prayer song, Lord, prepare me. And I'd like to have you sing that reverently, and then I will close the prayer. All right. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Your and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Thank you, Father, that you desire to dwell within us, and we want that to continue to be our experience. Bless Brother Terry tonight in a very special way. Anoint his lips. Just enlighten his mind and open his heart.
as he opens up the word to us tonight. Yes. We commit him to you praying that your will would be accomplished. Yes. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless Take your song sheets. Or first of all, good evening. <laughs> Take your song sheets and let's sing our theme song. He's the oak and I'm the ivy. He's the potter, I'm the clay. He's the oil and I'm the vessel. I'm the traveler and he's the way. I'm the flower and he's the fragrance. I'm the lamp and he's the flame. He's the words and I'm the music. I'm the bride who takes his name. For a precious promise verse tonight, take your Bibles and open to Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Um, I'll read that and then we will read it together. It says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Let's read that together. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Do you believe that tonight? You know... Um, if I was to be honest, I'm going to be honest with you tonight. You know, I kind of feel some nerves and some oppression tonight for the message that God has on my heart. And sometimes I feel like God has given me an opportunity to preach on some of these things. And, um, and sometimes I feel more oppression than others. But I want to claim that verse tonight. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Tonight we want to talk about worship and what worship means in our lives. Um, if someone was to... Uh, actually, this is kind of a silly question, but it makes us think. How many of us here tonight are deceived? Anybody here? Uh, well, if you're here tonight and you're deceived, you don't know it. Okay? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this to try to make us think that we are deceived possibly. But see, when someone is deceived, uh, they don't know it. They, they feel like they, they are right. Um, do you feel that there's a lot of people in this world that are deceived? There is. They think that someday they're going to stand before God and um, they think they're going to hear God say, well done, when maybe He's going to say, uh, depart from me. Now, I also know that sometimes different people have tender conscience and tonight it has in no means to try to make you feel like you're not saved. But I want to challenge us with some thoughts tonight, okay? Um, but Jeremiah 17, verses 9 and 10 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. I, the Lord, search the heart, I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. Jeremiah says that the most deceitful, wicked 
thing that we possess is our heart, our fleshly heart. But praise God tonight, when God, when we get, when we allow God to get a hold of our hearts, it changes that, doesn't it? But in our own strength, without the power of God on our lives, um, Jeremiah says that it, our heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Okay? So that is our heart tonight without God. That is our heart tonight when, when our heart is not surrendered to God and, and when we are trying to walk through things in our own strength. Um, you know, it is amazing. I, I don't know, I really don't know sometimes how people do it without God. I mean, you know, we live in a time of, of, of great deception and a lot of different things. And um, I believe that is true today, that people's heart is deceptive. And uh, the heart is deceptive above all things, deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Tonight I want to challenge you with some ways that that won't happen. Okay? It's not necessarily to try to determine, am I deceived or not? No. Uh, G- David said in Psalms 139, we won't turn there, but he said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way that's everlasting. Is that your heart tonight? Do you want God to search your heart? You know, sometimes we say, uh, yeah, I thought about it and, and, and everything is, is right between God and I. But uh, David said, search me, O God, and try my heart. And, uh, and know my heart and try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. So, we're going to begin now in more into the message. Turn quickly with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And, um, and we're going to read here of the, the beginning of man. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in His own image, and the image of God created him, created He him, male and female created He them. Okay? Chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Alright? Every one of us here tonight has a living soul. Every person that has ever been conceived has a living soul. And we have a soul tonight that is going to spend eternity somewhere. We can kill the body. We can do a lot of different things. But once we are conceived... Our soul is going to spend eternity somewhere. We cannot destroy our soul. It is in the hands of God, and we cannot destroy it. And it's the Bible says that we were created in the image and in the likeness of God. And it says that God created us male and female. We're having some trouble with that today, you know. We're not for sure. You know, are we male or are we female? You know, um, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, we have people saying that that I'm a man trapped inside of a woman's body, or I'm a, you know, I'm whatever. You know, but God made that very clear. He said, "I created them, male and female." Okay, so we were created male and female. And regardless of what people say, it will never change that fact, okay? It, you know, and if, if society stands and we continue on our current pace, your children will face extreme pressure on that. Of not, uh, of, of, of the world saying that, uh, you know, it's up to you to decide. 
Someone said you can no longer tell, you cannot tell by the anatomy of a person whether they're male or female. It's their choice. They have to decide that. Well, the Word of God tonight says that we were created male or female, and it doesn't matter what we do, in God's eyes, we're still created in the very likeness that we was created in. And something else that he said, that he gave us, he, and he breathed into man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and he breathed into the nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. That is what makes us different than an animal, okay? We have a living soul, okay? And I said that earlier, but we have a soul that will never die, that is going to spend eternity somewhere, you know? And, um, and today we have a lot of animal lovers and a lot of different things. Um, sometimes I think to a point of, of wrongness. But uh, uh, an animal does not have a living soul, okay? When an animal dies, he dies and he's done. He doesn't go to kitty heaven. He doesn't go to doggy heaven. That's like telling your children that Santa Claus put the gifts underneath by the fireplace or whatever. Now. You see, an animal does not have a living soul. When it passes from this life, that's why we are so different. That is one reason why we're so different than animals. We was created in the image and the likeness of God. And we have a living soul. No matter how fine we burn our body or grind our body up and dispose of it someday, it's going to all come back together. And we're going to stand before God, the living God. We have lost a lot when we have slid down as a society to say that, that animals and humans are alike. In fact, sometimes we're at, we act worse than animals. It's because we have walked away from God. Man was created in the image and the likeness of God, and he was created with something inside of him that causes him to want to worship. Okay? Every one of us here tonight, we have that, we have that created within us that, that we, we want to have relationship, and we want to have fellowship with something, and, and, and we want to uh, worship something, and all of us in one way or another, we worship something or something. Okay? And the, and the person or the object that we worship controls us. Okay? So God created us with the purpose and the intention, although God knew us, it, God's never taken by surprise, but God's, God's desire is, is that we would be born and that we would grow up and that we would worship Him. He would that all men would be saved. He would that all men would worship Him. Okay? Well, we know that from the very beginning, man has not nearly always chosen to worship God. They've chosen to worship something it may be idols, it may be themselves, it may be whatever. Okay? But mankind worships something. In John chapter 4 verse 24, John writes, God is a spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Okay? So God is a spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. I want to ask you this question tonight. How much is truth worth to you, to you tonight? How much is truth worth? What would you be willing to give for ultimate truth? How valuable is ultimate truth to you? To me, ultimate truth is worth anything. Because if I don't have truth, I ultimately have nothing when it's all said and done. We, we hear a lot of 
of different things. What is truth? What is, what is right? What is wrong? Well, I can guarantee you tonight that every word in this book is truth. Alright? Every word in this book is truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no one comes to the Father but by me. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we want to look at that word tonight, uh, the, the, the center one, truth. I am truth. Jesus said, I am truth. And the Bible says in Titus chapter 1, we won't turn to there tonight, but you can look at that sometimes, it says that God cannot lie. Did you know that? Titus 1 verse 2 says, God that cannot lie. You know why God can't lie? Because He's truth. Alright? And truth never lies. Truth can't lie. It's truth. And you know, and no matter what I say, you know, no matter what happened today in your life, how it happened is how it happened. Okay? You can say it happened some other way. You can try to make think, people think that it happened some way. But the reality of it is that truth is truth. And that's why Jesus Christ, why God cannot lie, because He is truth. And truth is not able to lie because it's truth. And so, it's very important that we put a price tag that is priceless. It's, pri- it's not even a price tag. Truth is everything. That's why it's so important that we look into this Word and we study it and we know what it says. And not only do we know what it says, but we ask God to show us what it says. And it, we ask God to reveal to us what it says. He's not going to reveal new truth because truth has already been revealed. Don't ever let someone tell you that God's revealed something else to me other than Scripture. That's not true. Okay? This is truth. Now, He can reveal better understanding of this truth, right? But He never, the truth has been revealed. And so, so this, this, this Word of God here is truth. And some time ago, when I was preparing a message, you know, I started, I kind of started to wonder. I thought, why is it such of a big deal to God if we lie? Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 to 15. Thank you. It says, For such are false, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. And as I thought about this, I thought, why why does God hate lying? First of all, because He's truth. And second of all, because Satan himself is transformed as an angel of light. He is the father of lies. Alright? So truth hates deceit, and deceit hates truth. Alright? Truth hates deceit, and deceit hates truth. Because truth cannot allow deceit, and deceit does not want truth to happen because if truth is, is shown, then deceit will be revealed. And so, it's two different kingdoms, and it's, it's, it's the kingdom of God, and it's the kingdom of this world. And Satan has done a very, very, very 
good job at mixing light and darkness. It is amazing sometimes in our own circles what people question. You know, when we start to question the Word of God, we have no idea where we will stop. And, you know, when we begin to say, well, you know, what does that mean? Nothing wrong with trying to figure out what something means. I believe that there is a lot of confusion in our minds of what is truth. There's a lot of confusion in a lot of churches across America on what is truth. The reason why we are having a very hard time deciding and determining what is truth because sometimes we have accepted a little bit of error. And when we begin to accept a little bit of error and a little bit of It's a very dangerous place. You know, we have a lot of voices today. And we have more voices available to us at the punch of our finger in our pocket than we've ever had. You know, a while back at home, I asked, I asked a few of the brothers there. I said... When, when, when you flip on your phone and, and what you see on there, I said, I asked him, I said, what percentage of that do you think is truth? They said a percentage that was lower than what I would have said. They said 30%. 30%! So, uh, that's not Bible. But okay, so, so, when you just randomly go on, at that rate, only three out of ten things that you would read on there is truth at that percentage. I'm not saying that that's what it is. A couple of years ago, I was preaching at the Midwest and uh, Mid-Atlantic ministers meeting, and I was, I was talking on on technology and what it's doing to us, and we need about two messages probably to do that, but um, we're not going to do all that tonight. But uh, I said that statement, I said that my brothers at home said about 30%, and a young pastor, got, and he came up to me afterwards, an ordained man in his 30s, and he came up to me afterwards and he was, had tears running down his face. And he said, I have wanted to... He said, I'm techie. He said, I use it at work a lot. He said, we're really techie at work. But he said, I have wanted to say some of the things that you wanted to say. But he said, I haven't had the willpower to do it. Forget the word that he used. But he said, I just, I just want you to know that, that I believe that what you said on the 30% is truth. He said, I think that's too high. He said, it's way too high. I don't know what that percentage is. And you know, I don't really care. I mean, I do care, but whether it's 2% or 5% or 30% or 50% or 80%, I want my truth to come from what truth is. You see? 
Would you let your children play in a, in a bag of candy that, I'm not for sure, I mean, probably 30% of it's good and maybe 50% of it's poison, but maybe 50% of it's good. Would you, would you say, oh, well, yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, it's one out of two. I mean, no, you wouldn't do that, you know. And, and you know, as I, as I think about some of these things, I think, hmm, do I, do I desire truth? Turn with me, we're going to talk about that a little bit more here, but turn with me to Romans chapter 1. And Romans chapter 1 tells us exactly why we are at where we are at today as a nation. Alright? Um, Romans chapter 1, verse 18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. So they suppress the truth. Okay? They, they know that ultimately that's truth, but they just kind of hold it down. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things which were made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, now listen to this, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. So when they had the opportunity to know God, they said, no thanks. We're not going to give you number one place. We'd like to have you around when we need you, but because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, Professing themselves to become wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped. We're talking about worship tonight. And they worshipped and serve the creature or the creation more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. God said, Thou shalt have no other gods before Me. None. No other gods before Me. None. No other gods. No other gods. But it says that they worshipped and See, they worshipped and served the creature or the creation more than the Creator Himself. Is worship important tonight? It absolutely is. You see, what I am worshipping in my life and in my heart tonight, what I am building a relationship with, is what's controlling me. Okay? If I'm building a relationship with God and His Word and in prayer, I am being controlled by that. If I am, if I am building a relationship with something else other than that, I am being controlled by that. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Alright? No man can serve two masters. We talked about that the other evening. No man can serve two masters. So it says that they, they worshipped and they served the creature more than the Creator. You know, we, we stand back sometimes and we say, wow. You know, we have tree huggers. They take their classroom out to the forest and they hug trees. They go down to the ocean and they worship the whales. And we say, how? You know how they got there? Because somebody didn't give God first place. And they began to worship something other than God. They began to be manipulated and controlled by something else. You know, in our own lives, what's controlling us?
know, the closer I walk with God, the more I realize that someday I'm going to leave this old world and I'm leaving everything behind. Everything. And when we can, when we can have a focus like that, you know, sometimes we, uh, we, we think, well, you know, boy, how, how can people get so far off of track, okay? And I believe it's because what we just read here, that they worship and they serve the creation more than the Creator. You know, a while back, we did some work in a veterinary clinic, and I was so ready to get out of that clinic. I mean, I, I'm not against having animals. don't really care to have them, but it's all right to have animals. It's all right to have a good pet. But they talk to those pets in there like they're their children. Probably better than their children. Come on, honey, here, I'll just get up here on the table. And, you know, here you're going to have a snack after a little while. And um, mommy's going to come get you after a little while. And, and the one guy even said, I have, I have my doggy at home, and she'd like to be your girlfriend. And, I mean, they, they just went... On and on and on. And I thought, wow. You know? Hmm. But you know, sometimes we, we can always see things in other people, but, I mean, do you realize that, that some people worship, uh, money? Some people I mean, I, I feel really bad. I feel really bad. You know, there's people. Uh, let's see, where are we at here? Wisconsin. Um, that worship the Badgers. The Wisconsin Badgers, right? Uh, who's your NFL team here? Um, you got an NFL team? Pack. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, that's right. Man, you know, there's people that are... Oh, just a minute here. I got a text. Just a minute here. Sorry about that. Uh, my friends in town, she just had some. And I'm, uh, you know, but I mean, I feel so bad for, for people because, I mean, they are consumed by the Packers. You know, sometimes, oh, just a minute here. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're looking for some stuff. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, but you know, I, I feel so bad because people have these gods and, I mean, do you realize that sometimes they skip church so they can go to the... Just a minute. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, but, you know, they have these gods in their life. I mean, you know, sometimes they even bring the Super Bowl into... Oh, just a minute. Here, i got to take it again. Oh, yeah. Hey, they are winning. I know. <laughs> You know, but you know, they, they have these gods and I, I just, I just don't see how, I mean, they're controlled by them. I mean, they, just a minute. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, sorry about that, but, um, they, they have these gods and, and they're controlled by them. And, um, you know, it's like, wow, I think, whoa, how, how could someone, just a minute. <laughs> Oh, sorry about this, but my friend's in town, and she, uh, they're just, he's really having a, yeah, okay, yeah, he, okay, yeah, he's going back out to his car now, but, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, it, it's like they're controlled by something. I mean, I think sometimes, like, they're so controlled by it that probably when they come to church, they, just a minute. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, they are so controlled by, by sports and other things that I, I wonder if, if, if they can even, uh, hear the voice of God. You know, sometimes it's a little easier to see things that are out there than that are in here. I'm not here tonight to tell you what you should have and what you should not have. But I am here to tell you without a shadow of a doubt that the Anabaptist church is beginning to worship their phones. You know... 
there's, there's so many things to get our attention. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to necessarily tell you exactly where I'm at on all of that. But I see it as a real problem. Let me ask you a question. Have you decided where you're going to stop? I run into churches that say, we don't have the radio, we don't have the TV. Oh yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Let's not deceive ourselves. We have those. I'm not here to tell you how to handle all of that. But you know, I, as, as I see the worship of people, I'm older than some of you and younger than some of you, but I have never seen anything in my life that's been more addictive than this, ever. That includes sports, sex, and money. I mean, it gets a hold on us, and, and, and it, it's becoming worse and worse. And more and more. And I'm hearing less and less and less and less about it. Because it's just becoming a way of life. Um, I love what 1 Corinthians 16 says. It says that the house of Stephanus has addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. They have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. And you know, I hear a lot of things. I, I've, I have been laughed at. I've been scoffed at. I have been whatever about what I have said about some of these things. That's okay. We feel very good with the stand that we've taken on these things as a family. And we have no regrets. Period. But you know, as I, as I see things coming in more and more, you know, I'm not against technology. I'm not against you having a phone. But, you know, as, as I think of worship, and, and, and whenever I get to this point in here, the devil hates it. It's, sometimes it's hard for me to, to whatever. I'm not here tonight to preach on cell phones, and I'm really not here to tell you how to write your statement of faith. I'm going to say this, and I don't mean this mockingly, okay? And maybe your church standard is on this, and it's okay. But you know, a while back I was in a mixed multitude of, of ministers, and maybe you have a standard of this, and and we did for quite some time, and I'm not necessarily against the standard, but I walked away from there thinking, hmm. And I'm not here to open up a can of worms. Terry Myers is not saying you can go against your church, but I'm just going to tell you the burden of my heart a little bit. You know, we sat there for 20 minutes or so and tried to decide if someone could preach that had a mustache. Okay? And if you have a standard as no mustache, that is fine. Our church kind of had that standard, has had that standard over the years. And I'm not making fun of that at all. But you know, we sat there and we determined, you tried to, you talked about, you know, well, should we, should, and all this and that. And then I was talking to a couple of the brothers afterwards and I, I, I talked to them and, and, uh, the one, the one brother said, well, he wouldn't preach in our pulpit. And then afterwards, I, 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 I asked some of them, I said, what about what we're facing in technology? 
And you know what they said? They said, well, um, you know, that's just something that, you know, we can't really have a standard on and, and we can't whatever and it's just, it's, just, it's just changing so fast. And I understand all of that. My heart, my burden is not that you don't have a statement of faith that says no mustache, but my burden is that we would consider this the world and yet go wildly after the world wide web and say, you know, I wrestle with some of these things. A while back I was in a circle and and this one bishop, he said, I would never ordain a bishop if he had television. So my mind's going, hmm, hmm, hmm. I said, so what about if he watches it on his computer? And the whole circle went quiet. And um, the one brother said, well, <laughs> that... That kind of gets sticky and it was, it was the end of the discussion. I went across seas over to Grenada and when we got off the plane, the number one question to us all week was this. They said, we don't understand it. They tell us we can't have TV, but the missionaries all come down and they have all this stuff, but they tell us we can't have TV. They said we had a lady that that uh, that all she did was watch Fox News, and they said nope, no TV. But then the natives come down, and they have all this stuff. I didn't say a lot to them, but I told the man that was in control, that was in one of the men in charge there. I said, if you are watching television on your computer, you have no right to tell them they can't have a TV. Maybe you disagree with that. But for years we have said, it's not the TV that's wrong, it's just, it's just what's on it. So what makes what's on it okay to see if it's just on a different device? You see? There's, there's actually a deeper burden on my heart than, than all of that. And you may, I don't know what all your thinking is, and I'm not here to tell you tonight how the end is all going to be, but I believe when we begin to worship these things, it, is, it starts to condition us for the end times. And it is conditioning us for the end times. Have you went to your closet? James says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Have you went, have you spent phenomenal amount with time asking God how you should handle all of this? Or are you just using the wisdom of this world, which is foolishness with God? As, as, as I look in some of this, okay, uh, and I am not here, I, 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 I'm going to say this, okay? I think that we have to be careful. I have brothers that are alls. I have brothers that are pre's when it comes to, to whatever. And I think we do ourselves a disfavor when we just place ourselves in one camp and everything has to fit that camp. Because I can guarantee you not everything fits either camp. And I don't have all the answers. Okay? Whenever I bring this term up, some people agree with me 100% and some people scoff, okay? When I say that according to Revelation, it says there is going to be a mark of the beast and I believe all of this stuff that we're worshiping is conditioning us to set us up for that. A strong all will say, oh, there ain't going to be no mark of the beast. You just got to figureize Revelation. And, and, and a strong pre will say, well, that ain't true because we're going to be raptured out of here before. Well, you know, I hope they're right. But what if they're not? What if they're not? 
I'm here to say tonight, and let's turn to it, to Revelation chapter 13, okay? Revelation chapter 13, and, and we're not going to take a lot of time in reading here. But you know, some of the things that I see in this passage appear to be happening today, okay? Now remember this, Satan is an angel of light, alright? Satan is an angel of light, and he's a counterfeiter. He just does what God does. You know, God has God, Christ, the Spirit, and the devil has Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. He has a trinity, um, if you read down through these verses in here, and I, I'm, I'm someone who believes that we just can't disregard Revelation. Because if I can just disregard Revelation, then I can't get on anybody. You know, we get on somebody and say, how can they just throw out 1 Corinthians 11? Or if, we, if somebody says, well, you know, we just got to spiritualize that. We say, no way! But then when it comes to Revelation, we say, oh, well, we just have to spiritualize that and we just can't really understand it. And you know what? Jesus chastised the scribes and the Pharisees. He said, you can determine what the weather's going to be tomorrow, but you can't see the season that you're in right now, that Jesus Christ is here. And they said, oh, no. You know, the priests would have said, can't be. This ain't the Christ because it doesn't fit this. And they always would have said, can't be the Christ because, because no, that's right here. Now, nah, it can't be. You know? And only those who were led of the Spirit of God and were open to allowing God to show them things realized it was the Christ. I don't have all the answers. But I do believe the Word of God that it says that the day is coming that whether I'm here or not, that they're going to put a mark upon you and you're not going to be able to buy or sell unless you have that mark. And you say, what are you trying to do, scare us? No, I'm trying to wake you up. That you better be worshiping God. Because who we're worshiping is whose mark we will take. If we're here. Okay? If I'm worshiping the world system, which is what the mark of the beast is going to be, it's going to be the it's a, it's a system. It's the buy and the sell. If if I am worshiping that, I'm going to take its mark. If I'm worshiping God, I'm going to have His mark three times in the Book of Revelation. It says that God's people are going to receive a mark upon their forehead, and they're going to be marked for the kingdom of God. But it also says that those who are worshiping Satan and the beast, that they're going to receive a mark. And once they receive that mark, they're done. And I see us, as, as I look at this whole system, it's being funneled down into. And I understand. You know, great-grandpa said when they came out with the Social Security number, ah, oh, But was it a conditioning to getting used to it? You know, I remember as a young lad when they started putting all these bars codes on there and people said, look at that six. There's a six in there. Was it the mark of the beast? No, but was it a conditioning? Very possibly. Now today, we move on farther and, you know, we're going to, uh, you know, uh, more of a cashless society. Is that a conditioning? I say it is. Okay? So now, in our phones and in our cards, right here, that is a chip. Is it not? That is a chip in that card. A while back, my card wasn't even expired and Two new cards came through the mail and it said, America is going to the chip. Disregard your other cards and use these. So the time is going to come that unless you have a card with a chip, you will not be able to use it. Alright? Is that the mark of the beast? I don't think so. But is it conditioning me? Now, and here's one. This is close, okay? 
I don't have all the answer for this, and I'm not saying that you're wrong for doing this, okay? But we're saying, unless I have the latest and the greatest, I can't do business. Is that thought conditioning me? That I will do whatever it takes to be able to do business. Um, you know, I don't understand all of this. But to be honest with you, I think we would almost have to be foolish to say that I can't see anything of what you're talking about that would fit into any of this thing. I'm going to say this, and this is not Bible. Okay, it's just, I, I like to think about things. Have you ever thought about, the Bible says there's going to be a, a false prophet and that everyone will worship him. I thought, how could somebody get the whole world to worship him? I have, I do not know that it's going to be this way, but you asked me if this scenario could happen today, okay? That they shut down technology, which there's, there's fear of that, that they're going to be able to shut down technology. God can real easy with just a solar flare. He doesn't need to do that. He can just say, you know. But there, there, there's, a, there's fear that, that they'll shut down technology. And that will bring total chaos to the world. Total chaos. If you think, I mean, if, if, if technology or electricity goes off, and if electricity does, technology will, but if they can even just do out technology, it would bring, it would bring total chaos. There would be no communication. We, we would hardly know how to survive. Some people would go crazy because they would have no television, they would have no radio, they would have no phone, they would have no food, they, they would go berserk. And it would be total chaos. There would be no police force. You wouldn't be able to drive. Some of your vehicles, I don't believe, would be able to be driven. I mean, I'm not saying this to scare us. I'm just saying, but what if, what if that would happen and somebody would come along and say, we can start it back up. But here's what it would take. Do you think everybody almost in the world, kings, nations, and people would say, put it right there. Just give me my technology. Because i got to have it. Brothers and sisters, I think we're being conditioned a lot more than, than we want to admit. It talks in here about them causing the beast to speak. It talks about that it's going to receive a wound unto death and it's going to be healed, it's going to be revived. A counterfeit of Christ. Having died and resurrected and Satan's a counterfeiter. We have robots today that they, they, they can actually hold a conversation with you. They want them to, I mean, the, the beasts, I believe a lot of the beast type things are starting, it's, 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 in, it's in play right now, I believe. The best wisdom and advice that I can give you is worship God and Him alone. Does that make sense? Worship God and Him alone. I will say this. By the grace of God, and I want to go on record because, you know, someday I'm going to give an account to God for what I told you here tonight. And I take that kind of serious. Okay? I want to go on record before God tonight as saying that by the grace of God, 
I will not take a chip upon my body to buy or sell. I don't believe we can. Alright? I don't want to leave here tonight in any way giving you an indication that if you would do that and use it right, that there might be hope for you. You see, we're conditioned. It's already in my pocket. It's in your pocket, right? And there's not a lot left but to put it where? On our body. And God says, you cannot put a mark upon your body to buy or sell. And, if we're going to be gone when that happens, He's going to have to take us pretty soon. It's already being tested. They're putting chips on animals. They can control those animals. That's the whole idea is control. They start to put chips into people. They will be able to control your thinking. If you think that's not the case, they can control animals. I read an article. Now, is this part of the 30% truth or not? But they can chip a bull and he can be in full charge and they can push a button and he will stop and they can push another button and he'll trot out of the arena by simply controlling. And you know, 15 years ago we'd have thought, this stuff, what? But today we're like, oh yeah, I mean, that's possible. They're working right now being able to put a man in one room and another room and be able to transfer thoughts without any connection. And they've had a little bit of success. I mean, they're doing wild things. It says that, that they're gonna, these guys, this, these beasts and, or these prophets, they're gonna call down from he, fire from heaven. They're gonna do things that people think, wow! And the Bible says that if the days were not shortened, we would all be deceived. Okay? Turn with me quickly in closing to Revelation. You know that Revelation tells us eight times who's going to be in heaven? Do you realize that? Revelation chapter 2. Open your Bibles because I want you to read these with me. Revelation chapter 2. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that what? Say that. To him that will I give to eat of the tree of life. Same chapter, verse 11. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that shall not be hurt of the second death. Same chapter, verse 17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. To him that... That's right. Same chapter, verse 26. And he that... And keepeth my works unto the end. To him will I give power over the nations. Chapter 3, verse 5. He that the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And listen to this. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Wow. Same chapter, verse 12. Him that will I take as a pillar in the temple of my God. Same chapter, verse 21. To him that will I grant to set with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and been set down with my Father in His throne. And one more, Revelation 21, verse 7. Revelation 21, verse 7. He that shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Revelation also says that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb because they loved their life, did not love their life even unto death. We could spend a couple more messages on, on what all those things are, but I felt in, in the need and the conviction tonight to challenge you to think. Alright? Think. Think, what, what are you doing? What is your plan? Where is your cutoff point that you're going to say, what, where's God's cutoff point? That's what matters. Where is God's cutout point that, that we're going to say, if it, at this point I will absolutely go no farther than that? You say, well, you know, I mean, God's going to show us the way. That's right. He's told us the way.
And He showed us the way. He's called it the beast. He's called it the world wide web. He's, he's did a lot of things to help us to see that, you know, we need to, we need to be careful with this. We don't want to be caught worshiping this. I don't, I don't enjoy the idea of thinking that someday I may have to say no. But you know what I want to focus on today is not that. Remember what I told you earlier this week? Let's focus on worshiping God and living for Him. And if we have to die for Him, He'll show us. He'll show us the way. I hear people say, Ah, it doesn't really matter. It's all going to come out and it was. It just matter if we're ready. Ready for what? God's going to clearly show us. I believe He is if we're open to hear. Okay? Somebody said, well, you know, it's going to be really clear. I said, that's really kind of funny because the devil's never done that before. And why would he do it when he knows he's right at the end that he'd just make it graveyard clear? I said, it's going to be clear to people. And I believe tonight, brothers and sisters, that if you are immersed in this and you are in prayer and you are worshiping God, you will not be deceived. But if you're worshiping something other than truth, I don't know. Does that make sense tonight? We can have confidence that if we worship this and we keep this forefront, we can have confidence that God is going to keep us and no man is going to be able to pluck us out of His hand. My challenge tonight is, is truth priceless? Let's pray. Father, tonight we have looked into Your Word and Lord, there's so many things that have been said and Lord, I, I feel the need to, and Lord, I, I felt the, the weight of that and I felt the, the battle going on in my soul to say some of those things. But thank You, God, for Your Word. God, I, I don't even know if, if all those things are, are right, but I know it's right to worship You. And not to take the mark of this world. So God, help us tonight. Keep us. Lord, please keep the devil from giving anyone false worries tonight. Help it to be a challenge that I'm going to walk with God. And I'm going to worship Him. And I'm not going to worship the things of this world. I'm going to worship God. Thank you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. And let's just sing a verse of, I have decided to follow Jesus. 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 No turning back. No turning back. God bless you. You're dismissed.